still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and we're back. I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. So I don't know if the listeners just think that we get together every week or, you know, have two and a half months without speaking to each other uh, in between these podcasts, but um, we do catch up about other things, but it's great to be back doing what we do best and talking about Bath Rugby ahead of the upcoming season. It is, it is great to be back. Yeah, it's been, it's been a nice nice summer break. You know, as I think you'll agree, it was a nice opportunity to switch off after a, you know, very, very intense kind of season and a half, um, all jumbled into, into one season. And we are starting season four of the, the podcast, which is, which is crazy, really. I mean, when, when you think of it, and into our hundred and eighth episode that we've that we've ever recorded, um, and yeah, back again with that same feeling of excitement and, and trepidation. But yeah, ready to do it all over again. Yeah, I mean, the same feeling of of hope is kind of slowly and and surely building up inside me ahead of the the upcoming Bath season. And yeah, definitely a summer of of the Euros of cricket for sure um but time to switch back to to rugby as the as the nights draw in um and yeah i think it's come around a little bit quicker than than i was anticipating only five weeks since the 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 lions tour ended so i wondered if you had any kind of um thoughts or or views on either the lions tour or, or the two england games that we saw over the summer yeah i mean the england games were kind of a bit of fun weren't they it was nice to see um, you know, some of the Bath boys get a get a bit of a run out who weren't involved in the Lions. Sam Underhill was a guy that I was really pleased to see get two starts for England because obviously he's been a, a little bit out of favour with England and then not selected to, for for the Lions. So yeah, those are those are kind of a bit of bit of fun and um, and yeah, on the, on the Lions, I mean, you know, I think it was well, we, we could we could talk about this for ages. I think it, it was tarnished a little bit by you know Razzy Erasmus and what happened after the first test and and bringing kind of referee refereeing decisions into kind of complete disrepute and going essentially un, unpunished. And that, that was a shame. Um, the series itself, I mean, it's not something that's going to bring loads of new interest to, to rugby, um, but it was a hugely, hugely physical, uh, you know, scrum-dominated set-piece set arm wrestle of a test series. And I, I have to say, you know, the, the kind of purest, the boring purest that I am, uh, I did did really really enjoy it, but I think yeah, South Africa were kind of grew to the task as the the series went on, and I think we're kind of deserved winners winners in the end. Albeit, I think we could have selected much much uh, much much better than than Warren Gatland did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we played into South Africa's hands with our with our team selection, and and I think they've proven now kind of whoever they play, if a team decides to to, to try and match them match them physically. 
it just doesn't work. And and I think we almost showed the blueprint at times in the in the second half of the the South Grey game before the tests, where where we moved the ball around and, and kind of tried to shift that massive pack around, and and it had you know really really positive consequences. And and I just don't think we tried that enough uh, throughout the tests. And and I think that the, the result was disappointing, and, and and the performance of both the the Bath lads as well, Tom, I think was pretty disappointing. Watson will, will certainly not feel like um, after. For mine, being the, the player of the, the tournament, the tour in New Zealand, the the kind of Lions tour prior to this one, I don't think he covered himself in glory. And and we we debated whether Falatau would switch his form around from from the blue, black, and white going to the red of the Lions, but but he looked kind of con- continually sluggish a little bit throughout that tour, uh, kind of replicating his, his 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 form for Bath towards the back end of the season. I felt so, yeah, a, a, a disappointing one from from a Bath point of view. The Lions, I think, can also disappoint one from, from kind of a home nation's point of view um, not to kind of start this this season off on a negative note Tom I think hopefully we're going to be bringing lots of positivity around the blue black and white this season and just to say if you are joining us for the first time thank you so much for joining us we are here weekly to review Bath Rugby and please get in touch with us with your thoughts at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter and if you're coming back for your first your second season your third season or if you've been with us from the start thank you so much for all your support it was great to touch base with a lot of you guys again this week coming back onto onto social media uh, on the Bath Rugby account and, and interacting with you guys about the the the, the boys I, I think the, the the group therapy sessions are back the weekly therapy sessions are back so hopefully we yeah. can subscribe uh, review the podcast, share it with your friends, as many friends you can get involved uh, and kind of enjoy the podcast this season. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, and then, G, the, the exciting thing about this season and, and obviously coming out of this, you know, this post-COVID world that we're starting to enter um, is that it won't just be over the mediums of social media and, and through the podcast. Um, and yeah, 14th, 15th, 16th mm. of, of January next year, um, mark your card if you're a if you're a Bath rugby fan, um, that is the the scheduled date of the the La Rochelle away weekend in the in the Champions Cup. Um, I know that we've certainly got plans to to go along. Um, we've had great weekends in Toulouse and in Clermont Auvergne. Um, not so much from the, from the rugby point of view, but great weekends in those in those towns. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to meet up with people who've, who've supported us over these these four seasons. Um, you know, uh, early next year. Yeah, and I think previously we've like almost like informally done something so maybe something a little bit more more formal uh, when, when we get around to that Tom I might leave with that with you to to organize um, but let's get straight into it Tom and I think on this podcast we're going to just review the summer get everyone caught up with all the news all the pre-season action the pre-season game that we played before delving into the season as a whole a few predictions a few things we're looking forward to quite a few things we're a little bit worried about heading into this season and then we're going to end with previewing the game on Saturday afternoon away at sale at the AJ Bell. So all that to come. But Tom, let's get into the news over the summer. And you mentioned guys that, that have supported the, the podcast. Uh, and I think one guy who, who supported the podcast a huge amount has actually left the club uh, over the summer. Josh Matavesi, Tom, left for Japan a couple of weeks before the season. Um, a word on his his kind of playing performance in a bath shirt. Well, as I say, he's he's followed another massive former uh, massive fan of the podcast and former bath player, um, uh, Freddie Burns, to go to the the, the Toyota um, shuttles 
Um, I believe they've been rebranded, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, really happy for him. You know, it was a, it sounded like it was a very kind of last minute opportunity that that, that came up for him. Um, uh, he was kind of released from from his contract for this season only two weeks before the the season was this season is 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 due to due to start. And yeah, I think you know we we both agree. Really, really happy for him. It sounds like a brilliant opportunity um, for his family. You know, to to play in a different culture financially as well to end his career and kind of set him him and his family up for 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 the future. So yeah, brilliant that he was able to do that. I think it says a lot about Stuart Hooper. You know that he actually cares about his his future and doesn't just see him as kind of a, a resource that we we need as part of our, our our playing squad. And you know when you when you think about his 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 time at Bath, he always during even during tough times, you know, massive smile on face, biggest dummies that you'll see see going. Um, he'd pull on, he'd squeeze into any shirt that was um, that that was that was that was needed. Um, you know, particularly the the ten shirt when we were very very um, short of options, and um, you know, I think he'd laugh about that as uh, and some of his place kicks as much as anyone. So yeah, top bloke. Um, hope to keep in touch with him. Um, and I yeah, I know he's he's stuck in um, about halfway through a two week quarantine, having having arrived in in Japan. So. Um, yeah, Josh, you're listening. Best of luck. Uh, best of luck with it all. Um, and yeah, I'm sure you'll smash it out in Japan. Yeah, I think 27 appearances for Bath. And I, 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 you know, it's difficult to know, but I genuinely cannot think of someone who's had such an impact both on, but I think more importantly, off the field with the fans and, and with the younger players over 27 appearances as, as what Josh was able to do. Um, and, and a genuinely great bloke like as you say messaged us today when when we announced that we were going to be back to record the podcast to say he was looking forward to it and to kind of give us some insights into the pre-season that he experienced um, and also what he was going through as you say in quarantine in Japan so yeah enjoy the the life-changing financial opportunity Josh you definitely deserve it uh, another guy who left Tom over the summer, a guy who made six appearances for Bath, was Alex Gray. Um, I think limits on on potential game time uh, for the guy who only joined last season was was the reason for this. Yeah, and this is something we spoke about last season. You know, he was one of the main victims of the lack of um, Bath United fixtures and also Premiership Rugby Cup. Um, you know, the the kind of shiny example for for that's been Roy McConaughey. Yeah? into the into to the senior squad there will muir came in from from a similar background and was able to go straight into the the first 15 but i think you know alex breaker we didn't get the opportunity to show his 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 kind of full potential um with with those tournaments obviously not taking place during kind of the strange season that that we had so um yeah you know clearly that's a very strong position group that we've that we've got um and you know squads are becoming increasingly lean with with the salary cap and uh, you know, with, with the salary gap as it is, so yeah, I think you know, wish him all the best, and I hope he does kind of find another another contract that he can he can kind of you know carry on his rugby career at. Mm. Wings definitely a position, Tom, where we've got loads of, of strength and depth. Muir, McConaughey, Watson, Big Joe, and then like Darren Atkins, Rockadooney, Gabe Goss, like all these guys, and and it's definitely a position where where we're strong. 
And I think positions where, where we're not so strong have really been highlighted recently. And, and actually, interestingly, at the end of both of the, the articles announcing the departure of, of Matavesi and Gray, there was a comment from, from Stuart Hooper to say that the club are continually looking to improve the squad and are still trying to improve the squad ahead of the new season. Just wondering where you think the areas of the squad they are looking to, to develop are? Yeah, I think I think for me the main one would be would be second row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the with the departure of um, of of Elliot Stook. I mean, if you look down the kind of the the, the column for locks, obviously you've got Josh Mac, Mac, McNally who um, has been injured, and I don't know if he is he available yet. Well, he was. He didn't put in play against Cardiff. No. Uh, and obviously had the injury, shoulder injury for for England. So for England, um, yeah, wasn't, so I, wasn't included in the injury report. No, so yeah, I'm assuming that he's he's not available. Charlie Yules, who will be likely called away to England, particularly with Joe Launchbury injured as well, and then Will Spencer, um, you know, who who I believe is believe is fit, and then uh, Mike Williams and and Ewan Richards are guys that you know are either inexperienced or kind of not specialist locks. So um, yeah, with Elliot Stukes, with, yeah, well, yeah, I mean that was what I was going to come on to actually as well because. I think one of the unintended consequences of this is that we may see Tom Ellis play more in a second row shirt. And I think that that would, would be a good thing. Um, I think that that's more of a natural position for him. You know, he's, I think he's, he's listed as 115, 116 kilos. So he's easily big enough now. Um, and I don't think he's, he's at times quite mobile enough in, in that back row. So I think that might be something that we see. Um, but that aside, I think, you know, no direct replacement for Elliot Stuke who was a guy who made appearance after appearance. I mean, he, in seasons gone by, has been, you know, the, one of the most consistent guys turning out. So I think, I think that will be the area. If there, if there is salary cap, as they say, I think that will be the area where we, we look to recruit. Yeah, and I think that's right. And a lot of people on, on Twitter, as I mentioned, at Bath Rugby Plug, were pointing out exactly the same. And uh, the amazing Jenko on Twitter pointed out that, that perhaps Stuart Hooper um, feels that he could fill a void uh, as that fourth block in the squad um, if, if needed and, uh, and if unemployed at the end of the season. Uh, that's me. That's Jenko saying <laughs> that. Uh, certainly, that's not me saying that. Um, moving on then, Tom, through kind of the pre-season, I was wondering if you've been able to see, Bath have been releasing sort of weekly 10-minute clips on their social media channels, their uh, YouTube channels, Bath Rugby Unseen, which kind of delves into the pre-season, what they're working on going through attack, defence, set piece, and then a really interesting one at the end about sort of team selection. I don't know if you've been able to see many of those and, and if you've got any takeaways from those. Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched them all. I think they're, they're, they've been really good. You know, we've mentioned kind of lack of transparency and kind of lack of, um, you know, kind of information and, and just, you know, inside uh, content that, that, that the club gives fans. And I think that's this is a really good measure to, to address it. Obviously, mm-hmm. England, England rugby have, have been doing this for, for a number of, of years. Um, and I think, it, I think it's, a, it's a really, really good thing. Um, and I think it, it shows a lot of people in the club in, in a, in a positive, in a positive light. Um, and you know, they're, they're really popular. I was, I was looking at some of the views on the videos and some of them have 25,000, 30,000 views already. So, you know, almost as popular as, as this podcast, G. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, um, definitely a joke. I think, yeah, there's a few interesting takeaways that I'd, 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 I'd jot it down. I mean, 
um, you'll 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 know, gee, that I love the set piece episode. You know, I could watch um, I could watch unedited scrum training videos um, for hours and hours on end. I thought that was a brilliant one with with Tom Tom Dunn in his in his bucket hat and watching how the line out mechanics work and hearing Charlie yours kind of talk about the line out was was kind of was 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 brilliant. But I think one one interesting comment that was made, and maybe this kind of segues us on to you know to talk about something related is that it seems like this season compared to prior seasons there's been much more emphasis on you know ball in hand rather than you know fitness um and conditioning you know there's the, the players have been have been have been playing the players have been playing with ball in hand you know improving their skills from essentially from day one and you know whether that's you know david williams impact and that's how he wants to do things or whether it's you know related to some of the the, the law changes um, that probably mean you know the, the ball the ball's going to be in play more. But I thought that was an interesting insight. Um, you know, as as potentially a way that we start a little bit, get out of the blocks a little bit quicker, um, and adjust to some of these 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 new laws. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think they're great. I, I just think like they the coaches are so it's so easy for them to come across well, and it's so easy for fans to get excited by stuff like this that that kind of doing them seems like a no brainer, and it's fantastic. They they do seem. Uh, to be listening to to the fans, us included, uh, about the the need for or the want for for more more of this, more back of the the back of scenes action and, and more insight into what's what's actually going on, uh, not on a Saturday afternoon. And I think David Williams was was the, the standout for me. I, I thought he came across really well. I, I just think mm. kind of the the. the the contrast, I guess, is almost enthusiasm seems infectious, and 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 that surely is going to have a really good impact on on Bath's attack this year. And his relationship with with Danny Cipriani is is pivotal to to this season. And I think that in one of the episodes, I think it was episode two, was was really fascinating yeah. to hear from both of them as to how that relationship was working and and what they were looking to to improve on. And obviously, there's a lot of kind of general terms within it. Clearly, they can't give away any specifics, but it, it's still fascinating to, to to listen to. And yeah, the Tom Buck, Tom Dunn bucket hat is is incredible. If anyone from Bath Rugby Shop is listening, yeah, put that on on the shelves and and put it at whatever price. And I think you'll have a few people trying to purchase that. Certainly me. Um, and and yeah, really really interesting. And some of the haircuts, G. Some of the haircuts. I yeah. mean, you see Sam Underhill with his bleach blonde. Well, um, Underhill, Big Joe. Um, George Warboys, who's the, the the fullback fly half in the academy, and Miles Reed, all sporting uh, a bleach blonde dye, which I yeah, yeah. I, I thought was you know interesting. Um, Tom Dunn. I think it was Tom. I think, it, I think it was Tom Ellis. Did you see Tom Ellis? I think he's got a full long blonde mullet. I think it was him. Um, <laughs> yeah, very 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 strange one. They're, yeah, they're clearly so bored um, with their five or six weeks off, not playing rugby for. Um, not playing rugby for that period that they've um, they've they've lost ahead and um, yeah I mean a trip to the barber for some of those boys potentially before the start of the season would be and, in order just, yeah I agree and, and and just the final point that I would make is just when they spoke about the defence and and how four of the five red cards we got last season were for tackle height penalties and how that's been a massive emphasis on, for them on in, in this preseason to to work on lowering that that tackle height to obviously avoid those those red cards and and also that they don't want to be defending for as long periods as they were last season and I think that's mm-hmm. an indication that that maybe they're going to start to compete at the breakdown a little bit more I think Reed 
Bayless and also Jakob Kutsia, the, the new number eight, will have kind of have a huge impact on that. Yeah, and I, and I mentioned I, I mentioned the, the law changes, and I think one of the changes that's that's massive from a from a de- defensive point of view is the the change in in the rule about you know being held up. So um, yeah, for those who kind of haven't um, haven't kind of heard about this, so from from this season. Um, if you're a defending team and you hold up the opposition, you kick back out. Rather than there being an attacking scrum on the five-metre line, you kick back out, you, you retain possession and, and drop kickers it back out um, to, to the opposition. So that in itself completely you know, changes the, the strategy um, when you're defending like, you know, the pick and go at, at close quarters um, because you, know, you essentially... You know, win back 20, 30, 40 meters if you're able to, to to hold up a team, which is um which is I think, you know, uh, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out because premiership rugby is has has increasingly become so much about those um, you know, those that pick and go drive. I mean, Exeter have essentially built um, multiple premiership championships off 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 the back of that kind of kind of uh, attacking play. So um yeah, I think that that changes the game, and it and it also, um, to your point, G, means that you are defending less intensely, um, and 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 you know for a lot long periods of time, uh, right right on your line, which is something that we've definitely been having to do over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, and, and these new laws, I think, is a good opportunity to move on to them, Tom. Uh, are surely a massive part of of the preseason training that, that these guys are doing, and there wasn't a lot of that shown in the, in the unseen clips. But that's got to be a huge focus because the teams that adapt best to these new laws are obviously going to start the quickest and and, and probably finish. The, 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 in the in the highest positions and, and another one that they're tightening up on is something I know which frustrates you Tom is is the pre-binding of players when they go yeah. into contact and, and not being able to kind of set that pod get a pot from the scrum half and you've basically got a, a, a front row of a scrum going into people and it's almost impossible to stop so so that's another thing that they're trying to tighten up on and I think hopefully Bath have, have, have been able to adapt to their game I think a pick and go game was something that, that we were trying to build on and I think hopefully we've been able to adapt our, our, our game so that we aren't getting held up and we're not getting penalised for, for pre-binding yeah. Um, another of the rules, Tom, is the the fifty twenty twenty rule, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are are familiar with. Uh, it's it's kind of been around now for in certain leagues for for a little while. But basically, if you kick the ball from within inside your own half and it bounces and goes out into the opposition's twenty two, you then get the line out and attacking line out. So clearly, a massively advantageous move. And I think what it's going to force teams to do, defensive teams, is to drop more numbers into the into the kicking backfield, allowing for more space within within the defensive line, and 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 clearly having multiple kickers within your back line, um, Cipriani, Spencer, hopefully Redpath at some point, JJ. Having multiple kickers is going to be huge in making that successful because defensive backline backfields won't be able to to cover as much the field if you've got two or three kickers that are able to execute a kind of 50 20 22 kick so yeah these, these new laws i i think are going to bring obviously a whole new dimension to the premiership are going to take some time to to adapt to but but hopefully um bath have uh, uh, will be one of the first teams to to, to, to do that yeah, the big, the big changes, and um, yeah, I, I raised my eyebrows there a bit, G. I mean, one of the one of my buzzwords from last season was um, unadaptable because it just seemed, um, you know, that it's plan A or plan A harder at times with Bath, and I just worry that you know 
some teams will be smarter than us in, in adjusting and, and we'll kind of fall into all these tracks that that that, you, that have been set that, that, that you just explained. But um, we'll see. And I think, you know, it will lead to more free-flowing rugby. There's there's no doubt about that. I mean, there'll be fewer pick and goes because the incentive, the incentive isn't there. There'll be more um, space in the backfield, as you say, and opportunities for guys like Cipriani to, to pick passes. So we should see McConaughey um, Watson with more space in the wide channels, um, but also you know picking the ball up in um, in the backfield, and you know you, you've really got a, a double threat there: kick for possession or run, which is which is great for, for for guys like that. So yeah, very exciting. I'm looking forward to to, to seeing how how they bid in. I'm quite positive on. Yeah, yeah, fascinating rule changes, and also fascinating uh, Bath Rugby unseen clips. So definitely check those out. As I say, on Bath Rugby socials and also on their YouTube channel, uh, really worth a watch. Certainly gets your uh, appetite wet for the upcoming season, uh, and, and makes you think like we're we're, we're going to win it all, which is yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. Having some hope coming into the season, and the season got off to uh, a bit of a spluttering start with our first preseason game uh, last week. Tom, we travelled to Cardiff to play the Cardiff Blues and, and lost twenty five fourteen. You don't get much from a two-minute highlights when you're not able to, to make the trip to Cardiff. So um, not a huge amount we can kind of take from that. Uh, we did, however, have, have two men on the ground, as it were, um, with mm. a friend of the podcast, Simon, who uh, lives in Wales and attended the game, um, kind of gave some feedback and, and kind of suggested that the scrum really struggled uh, whilst the lineup was pretty good and, uh, and was impressed, I think, with the performances of, of Miles Reed and Max Clark in the forwards and backs in particular. And then uh, Josh Matavesi, who, who we spoke about earlier, he says that, that the boys kind of, you know, felt that the game was really disjointed due to all the substitutions that had to make, but they felt like they were, they were making progress. I think Simon certainly falls on one end of the optimism spectrum for Bath. And I think speaking to Josh Matavesi about this Bath squad, he certainly falls on the other end of the spectrum. So I'm difficult to take too much from, from this game. And I think always the case with, with pre-season. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's kind of, as I always say, more the kind of performance than the result itself. So when you see two minute highlights of, of just the tries... Um, you, you don't get get too much from it. Um, you know, I think it, it looks like a young, relatively exciting squad that they they, they took down there. So thirty six uh, man squad um, with almost fifty percent homegrown players in that squad, which is obviously you know one of the, the kind of longer term uh, goals of the of the club. Um, but ultimately, yeah, some some kind of some young guys in there um, who are getting um, you know uh, making their debuts for. Um, for the club and academy guys as well. Um, so Orlando Bailey, um, uh, Tom Carsmith, now Merrigan uh, and Ewan Richards, who I mentioned earlier, kind of all featuring. So um, just a good opportunity to get those guys, get those guys some, some game time. Um, the, the one kind of caveat I would add to it is that we were meant to have another preseason game um, away, in, away in Munster. And that was, that was called off um, Due to positive COVID tests that are within within the Bath camp, so um, not the most uh, you know uh, <laughs> a fairly short set of um, preseason games, just the one um, at Cardiff, which is a, a little bit of a cause for concern because you know in normal circumstances we are caught cold and we take time to get into our get into our work in the season. So that is a bit of a bit of a concern that we've just played one game with with, with essentially rolling subs. 
Um, but um, I think most teams have kind of been in a similar boat with a, some with, you know disrupted preseason, missing England guys through the, the EPS rules, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, I don't think we're alone alone in that. Yeah, I think probably more concerning for me is the comment on the scrum. And I've actually read in a couple of other places as well of, of people who watch the game that the scrum really, really struggled. Uh, and at tight head prop was, was a mixture of, of our two new signings in Giannis Jonker and Darcy Ray. And the word is on, on, on those that, that it was a tough day at the office. Uh, so, mm. you know, Will Stewart is hoping to be fit for the game on Saturday. And I think that's huge as we'll come on to talk about. But we, we discussed that there may be, um, I don't know what, what's the right word not disappointment but kind of underwhelming feeling yeah it's underwhelming yeah the, the two tight head signings you know having not watched loads of them just the kind of pedigree that they came with so that's a worry for me um, the, the backup props is, is huge as we know and, and we struggle with, with, with that so that would be my main concern coming out of that that, that Cardiff game for sure um, nice to see Priestland slotting some goals though I must admit I, I, I yeah know, now that he's gone, it's almost absence makes the heart grow, grow fonder. I, I kind of miss him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So let's move on to, to preview the, the upcoming season, Tom. Maybe what we, everyone's been tuning into um, to talk about all along. Um, and I actually asked some questions on social media, as I say, at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter. And I asked a few questions uh, uh, to Bath fans uh, about the upcoming season. And by miles, the one that got the most responses was the question I asked, what is your biggest, what are you worried about ahead of the upcoming season? Which I think kind of summarises the general concern, the general feeling amongst Bath fans heading into this season. Um, so Tom, I'll start with you. What's your biggest worry? What, what, what are you most concerned about uh, leading into to Saturday and, and the season as a whole? I think you've 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 you know you've you've hit the nail on the head a little bit with that that front row and and I'd probably go as far as to say kind of um you know the the tight five. Um you know I think it's I think in, in, in general my view of the season is it is a little bit of a of a reset season, not quite a reset season, but I think there's 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 an element of one step back for for two step forwards. And if you if you look at some of the guys that we let go at the end of last season, you know, they weren't lighting um you know, they, they weren't kind of lighting up the league, but they're experienced guys in their positions. Christian Judge, Elliot Stook, Ross Batty, Jack Walker, Henry Thomas. And, you know, we've not really brought anyone in um, or in the pack other than those those two props that you mentioned. We've promoted from from within. So Arthur Cordwell, Kieran Burden, um, both promoted from, from, from the academy. Um, and I, I, I think in general that, um, in a league that is very, very physical, um, as we will find out against Sale in that in that first game of the season, my concern is that on the one hand, Stuart Hooper wants to and has always talked about basing the the foundation of the game off strong set piece and a and a solid pack that's going forward. I think that the reality of that is going to be. Um, yeah, I think that could be a harsh reality in some games, and I think. When, for example, during the Autumn Internationals, we lose Will Stewart, we lose Beno Urbano, as we've said before, for me, the drop-off is significant and I, I can see us getting beat up um, quite a lot by those, uh, you know, when, when we're missing those guys by, by, some, by some of the better teams 
Um, and then that in turn means that, you know, Danny Cipriani's on the back foot. We can't get the ball in, in these, these exciting guys' hands and we just enter this kind of, kind of vicious circle. So I think that, that's one of the big concerns for me, G. And I, I've not been on social media, so, you know, I've not seen what the, the comments are. Um, but yeah, I've got got some got some fairly serious doubts about about you know um, the, the the guys who are going to be up front, and I, I hope I hope to be to be proven wrong by them. Yeah, I think there is a lot of a lot of people saying that exactly that. Neil Stewart, for example, saying lack of depth with international and any injuries we may get. But I think a lot of people, Tom, will be will be sighing or shouting into their, their devices when, when they hear you say, this is a season, this is a reset season. We can't keep having reset seasons. And a lot of people are kind of saying underperforming again, lack of consistency. That's what they're most worried about. And, and I don't think with the, the squad of players that we've got, certainly... You know, it's a very top-heavy squad, but with the stars that we've got, we can't afford another another reset season. And as kind of Michael Ford points out, if last season repeats itself, leads to us, it might lead to us losing some of our core players. Surely they'll want to win something. You know, how long can 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 we keep resetting, resetting, resetting um, before before it all kind of goes really wrong? Yeah, I I, I agree. I think you know the other the other issue probably to, to to talk about is that we don't get um, any of those names that you mentioned or we don't get the England names that you mentioned back um, uh, until the 15th is it the 15th of October? No, so, um, sorry, that, that's, so, the, that's the line. Oh, so that would just, sorry, that would just apply to Anthony Watson actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we'll be yeah, missing him till, till mid-October. Um, obviously the awesome internationals um, will be losing um, a decent number of players like we always do. Um, but I just think when you look down the squads, it seems it seems broadly quite a young, inexperienced um, squad in 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 a lot of places. Um, I think there's guys that are gonna you know gonna really have to step up in in their positions, and I'm 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 sure that they will. But I think when you look at some of the experience in the other clubs in key positions, um, and you look past the number ones, you know, the first choice, scrum half, Ben Spencer. Below that, you've got two very inexperienced guys. First first choice, props. You've, below that, you've got very inexperienced guys. First class hooker. Below um, Tom Dunn, you've got, you know, very very inexperienced hooker and we lost our two other hookers. Um, below, um, with Tian Schumann out, below Danny Cipriani, very inexperienced guy. Below Jonathan Joseph, you look at the centre, you've got Max Joma, Will Butt, um, you know, Mac, Max Clark, who's, who's, who's looking really good, but as um, you know, hasn't played much over the last couple of seasons. You know, what's happened to Max Wright? I just think that the depth in the squad is a bit of a con- a bit of a concern for me, and I think it will take time for some of those number twos um, to to bed in as proper Premier League players. Yeah, and I think that often leads to to inconsistency, which which is a, a major worry. I think for for a lot of people that, that got in touch with us, and and I think a big worry for me is that we'll get to April and and kind of nothing will have we won't have progressed and nothing will have changed and we'll still be almost in this, in this um, kind of nothingness land where, where we're not competing, but we're also, we've got good enough players not to really struggle. Uh, and, I, and I think that's a, a real worry for me that, that we'll, we, we spoke at the end of last season that, that we were in that, that position again of, of certain signs of hope, certain green shoots, but at the same time, no real signs of progress. And, uh, and I don't think enough has necessarily changed. That that, that 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 that's going to be different come come April. Um, another huge worry for me, I mean, a, a massive worry for me, is that we've got 31 people listed in the rugby department, 
we've done you know probably 40 minutes of this podcast yet Tom we still haven't addressed the fact that there is no defense coach still still no defense coach employed mm. by Bath when they employ actually that was without David Williams added so 32 people in the rugby department three of them are to coach the team 29 not to coach the team and nobody specifically to, to coach the defence and, and the defence last season I, I reeled off the stats at the, the end of the, the, the podcast last season I really don't want to delve into them again but the, the defence was atrocious and, and we, we scored 40 points at home at times and didn't win games and, and that's just remarkably bad so that's a huge worry of mine and 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 we saw when, when teams attack us wide and run us around the that we just can't, we just can't defend them, and we're just so porous, and and it can get out of hand so quickly against these good yeah. teams. And and a huge concern of mine, uh, and a big kind of what are we doing is is booking tickets for uh, the Bath Bristol game at Ashton Gate, Tom, on on the first of October. Uh, yeah, I'm really worried about that, and kind of puzzled to to why we bought those tickets. Yeah, I know. We got to we got to support them. You know, they only they only get a few in every week. But no, I, I agree, and, and particularly with the the rule changes. You know, the, the kicking rule changes that you mentioned. Um, you can just you can just see a, a four man overlap or something materialising, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, we, we said it last season until we're blue in the face about a defence coach. You know, every other club that I could find when I looked last season on the on the across the kind of rugby department has has a named defence coach. Um, we don't. It's within you know Neil Hatley's Neil Hatley's remit. Um, you know, but but with a yeah, as you say, thirty two people in the rugby department. I think thirty six people in the um, senior men's squad. Um, so nearly one to one ratio, but no one, no one sorting out the defence. Yeah, it's 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 staggering. And I think if if we get to the end of the season and and, and you know um, it hasn't hasn't improved, we've spoken about the things that are before Hooper and uh, more difficult for him to control historic issues or players that you know predated him. Uh, many of whom have now left. If that's not solved, um, that's a decision that ultimately rests rests with him. Um, and if he hasn't addressed that and defence remains one of the big issues, there's, there's going to have to be serious questions asked. Mm. There's so much pressure on Hatley. He's got David Williams to, to do the attack. He's got Luke Charteris to do the line-outs. And he's got everything else to do himself. It's remarkable how, how much that... Yeah, I think Mark, Mark, Lilly, Mark Lilly does the scrums, doesn't he? But yeah, other I think than he supports, that. yeah, but, but, uh, but yeah... I just yeah, it, it's incredible how much is on that guy's plate, and and it's understandable why we we may look kind of poorly coached at, at times. I think. Um, let's spin it a little bit positive, Tom. What are you most looking forward to uh, about the upcoming season? We've got some real stars. We've got some. We've got some guys with with real real potential. Unknown um, unknown potential, really. Um, I guess that's what potential is. But you know, guys like. Max Dejoma, who I am really, really looking forward to to playing, to watching play this season. I mean, he's you know he's he's had a bit of a break with 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 Josh Masavesi leaving relatively last minute, and um, Paul Cameron Redpath being being sidelined in the way that, that that he was. And we should you know we should mention that he was one of the shining lights of, of last season. Um, but when we've seen Max come on and play, he's shown real glimpses. I mean, that pass. Um, uh, towards the back end of last season, you know, three-man miss pass being a particular highlight. Um, I really enjoyed the clip um, from him on the unseen uh, videos um, when he said that every one of the five weeks that they had off, 
he'd gone to Farley House and just sat down with, with David Williams to, to go through um, how they're going to play and what he can do to improve. And, you know, I, I love to hear that kind of thing. He seems like a really enthusiastic, a really enthusiastic, um, almost a bit of a nose. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, you know, really forward to seeing him play. Um, and yeah, the other guy I'll, I'll mention, you know, newbie that we don't know much about is Jaco Kutsia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I watched a few of the highlights, G, of Zach Mercer in the Montpellier shirt and he, he scored... Um, albeit, uh, uh, you know, a, a one yard um, kind of fall over the line kind of try. Um, but it actually caused me physical pain seeing him in colours that were not blue, black and white. So, um, yeah, Jacko, no pressure, but you've got very, very big boots to, to fill. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what he can do, you know, running with ball in hand, linking in some of the, the, the backs and Cipriani. Um, yeah, and hopefully, yeah, as I say, um, he, he's another guy that I think I think could be could be kind of pivotal to the season. So there, there are two guys in terms of individual names that I'm I'm um, I'm you know I, I was going to mention the obvious elephant in the room that I haven't mentioned, G, and I'll let you take this one um, is our replacement for Mr. Priestland um, in the in the number ten shirt. So I think that's obviously going to be um, not just um, you know the focus of attention for Bath rugby fans, but I think for a lot of Premiership fans um, around different clubs. Yeah, and I think when I posed the question to to Bath fans, what are you most looking forward to about the upcoming season? And and Andrew's put it perfectly, kind of summed up all Bath fans' uh, kind of thoughts when he said, seeing how Sips and the new coach uh, and squad get on at the start. And I, and I think the relationship between Williams and Cipriani is the, the the main thing that is new about this squad. There's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between this squad and, and last year's squad, both in terms of the playing staff and also the, the coaching staff. But that is the main difference. And so that is the real X factor that we've got. And reading premiership previews in preparation for this podcast, literally all of them were, were kind of focusing on, on this relationship and how that might ignite the exciting backs that we've, that we've got. And I think that is something to, to really look forward to. And I think it may take a bit of time, but I think that is something that, that if we can get the, the right forward platform for Cipriani, I do think yeah. that, that, that he will be able to, to, to create more, uh, create more, especially with, with, with defences having to drop more men, as we said. Uh, I, th- I think that is something to, to look forward to and to, to really get excited about. Yeah, and then that, that forward platform, as I was saying, that's a big if, and it, but it is an if, like it, you know, it's, it's contingent on that. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that, 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 as I say, that's a concern. And I think, you know, one to say as well, you know, watch the clips, you read the articles with, with Williams um, and, and, you know, Hooper and Happy speaking, and there's a lot of emphasis on kind of a new, you know, a new style of play, a new brand of, of play, which presumably means we're actually going to see Bath um, use their outside backs and, and try and get some kind of attacking structure in the game. But obviously, as you say, the, the proof's going to be in the pudding. And I, I'm really interested to see, you know, we haven't had long since, you know, ultimately it's been a few weeks um, or a few months since the end of last season. I'm really interested to see if there's actual significant noticeable changes in, in what we do. Um, because as I was saying, we've, we've, we, we talk a good game, but we, we have a tendency to just revert to, to type and the type that's not been, been very successful where playing. So um, yeah, I'm a little bit skeptical about the new brand, but I, I hope that um, Williams and Cipriani marry together as nicely as, as you're saying. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to pin my colours to 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 the. Go get on the, get on the bandwagon now. We're all on <laughs> okay. the bandwagon now. Well, for the for the purpose of, of this podcast, I'll fully get on the, the the Cipriani bandwagon, and I think it's going to be fascinating, Tom, to see who plays outside Cipriani with with the injury to Cam Redpath. So I think it, it's one of either Wright, Ajoma, Clark, or Will Butt. They're the only other centres with within the within the squad. Obviously, JJ's likely to feature a lot at, at thirteen, and Will Butt's a guy who, who's been promoted to the from the academy to the senior squad over the summer. Uh, a really big, big um, six foot three uh, inside centre, and, and mm. went to Coventry on loan last season and, and was absolutely fantastic. Scored four tries in one game against Jersey Reds, and and, and kind of watching a few clips of him in training, he looks like a big imposing unit. So, so I think we might see a little bit of him play and, and whoever does play outside Cipriani has obviously got a massive role. But I think it's exciting to see who it is because it is four young guys that, that could possibly fill that role with Matavesi leaving. So, so that's something to, to, to get excited about. And two other names who I'll really quickly throw out. Uh, firstly, Lewis Boyce is back. That's huge. That's so big. Yeah. Um, he's fantastic. And he's really good kind of foil to, to Ben and Urbano coming off the bench. And secondly, Rory McConaughey is going to play a lot of rugby this season. Um, we were devoid of, of Big Mac uh, last season due to injury. So for, for most of last season due to injury. So to have him back scoring tries uh, is something I absolutely cannot wait for. So it's not all doom and gloom Bath fans. Uh, there are certainly things to, to get excited about and some faces to, to look forward to seeing in the blue, black and white. Uh, quickly, Tom, uh, a player of the, the season prediction uh, from you this season then. Um, yeah, it's very easy to... Um... I won't steal your thunder, G, because I think I think I know who um, who, who you'll go for. I'll, I'll go for a guy that um, I think last season really in the in the difficult moments, him and his his back row partner really stood up and um, fought for every inch, and um, and 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 you know when the going got tough, were there um, and, and kind of a bit of a shining light, and that's 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 Miles Reed. I think he's he's got incredible potential. He is is a clearly a bit of a a leader as well. Um, and um, he yeah, I think he's just growing into a fantastic all round back row player. So um, oh, it's a little bit of a left field one, but I just fancy um, if he can stay fit um, and, and keep progressing and get regular regular game time um, in that back row along with Sam Underhill and and, and Josh Bayless in in the in the. Um, in the, in the flanker department, I think we could really see him step on, play regularly, and and make a real impact this season. Um, particularly, particularly, you know, as that man, as that replacement to Francois Lowe, um, as as that jackler, which is you know an all important ingredient that we've been missing um, since Francois Lowe retired. So yeah, I think a bit of a left field one, but I think he he's a guy that I I'm really backing to, to push on this season. Yeah, and not as left field, I think, as, as maybe you think. George Winton on Twitter certainly agrees with you on that one. But I think almost everyone else agrees that, that Ben Spencer is, is is the key man again. That's boring. To, to, to be uh, the key man. It'd be very interesting to see who kicks sticks between him uh, and, and Cipriani. Um, but I think Spencer is key hopefully well I mean this is harsh but hopefully avoids international selection again uh, and yeah kind of second season uh, with a full pre-season at Bath for, for the first time fingers crossed he can provide that link 
between the forwards and backs, which is something that, that, that they've definitely been emphasising this uh, this summer. Just finally, then Tom on on the season, uh, the season prediction element of of, of the podcast. Um, We'll look to, to where Bath are going to, to finish this season. And I actually threw it out to Twitter again, uh, a poll I did on Twitter, uh, and 62% of you voted that it would be mid-table between 8th and 5th. The bookies have us ninth favourite. Tom, do you see us as being realistically around that mark, ninth to, to kind of 5th being the best possible finish? Ninth would be would be a real disappointment. <laughs> um, you know, particularly with with a you know Ring Fence League, um, there'd be a danger that, you know, we'd we'd be in a, a situation that Worcester or even Gloucester were at times last season where we're just not even really um even playing for anything. Um, and you know, that that's that's quite a um I think a, a grim position for for any rugby club, professional rugby club to 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 be in. So, you know, I as I say, I I'm, I'm, I do think that I don't think that I wouldn't go as far as say you know it's a reset season as I said earlier I think maybe I'd, I'd temper that slightly and say that there's areas of our squad where there is going to take some time to, to bed those players in and I think it's the right thing to do long term but I don't think you can expect some of the academy guys to um, you know and some of the number twos in their position to come in and um, be performing at like the, the highest level and we need to be patient with those those players when they do get their opportunities Um but as I say, I think there's a load of talent in the in the squad. And I think, you know, you've persuaded me, G, if Cipriani can can kind of ignite and connect the forwards with the, the backs in conjunction with Ben Spencer, which is a pretty electric um, halfback pairing. I think it would be disappointing if we didn't improve from last season. So from seventh, um, I think top four might be a stretch, particularly with Saracens coming back into the into the league and and, you know, most likely filling one of those those top four or, or if not top six slots. So I think any improvement on this season, on last season would be, would be, would be positive. Um, and the other point I was going to make was, you know, with the Champions Cup draw that we've got, you know, La Rochelle and Leinster, you know, unlike last season, all the focus needs to be on the Premiership. You know, we're in that situation where it was Challenge Cup or Premiership last season um, and either neither worked out. Um, this season, it's all about the Premiership. It's all about trying to, I think, improve um, from last season so that come the end, come April, or come the end of this season, we can look back and say, okay, we had a decent amount of squad turnover. Um, we had a new back coach come in. We've made progress and we can kind of see, um, you know, see a path forwards. I think if we were to finish ninth, that's a very difficult conversation to have at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think ninth is enough to to kind of, to keep this this current regime in 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 place, and I think there would be significant changes if, if ninth was the final position. And I think you're right. There's a period over Christmas, Tom, where we play Gloucester, London Irish, and Worcester, and that's sandwiched in between the the two uh, kind of double rounds of, of uh, European action. So yeah, the, the, you know, as difficult as it will be to, to, to play in Europe, those three games are huge uh, and, and they have to be our focus um, come, come, come that period. I, I think you're right. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't want to be pessimistic. I, I think the league looks really strong this year with Saracens coming back in. I think, you know, there's a lot of unknown, unknown teams that, that potentially could, could go above Bath 
Bath's seventh position. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling very optimistic at, at this point in the this, this season, I must be honest. And, and kind of, I fear that we haven't done enough um, over the summer to, to change um, what was a, a team going, I think, in the wrong direction under this, this coaching staff last season. So hopefully uh, we'll be proved wrong on that. And then the one word that we haven't mentioned um, really, G, on this, on this podcast, but something that's kind of plagued um, and, and, you know, spoiled all our best plans in the seasons gone by is the I word, is injuries. Mm. And I think with this one in particular, we're a couple of names away from, you know, a very, very serious um, hole in our, in our kind of, in our team and in our, in our plan, you know, Cipriani, Spencer, Dunn, Yules, those, you know, the likes of those guys, one of one of those guys goes down and that is a big, big body blow to, to our season. Or one of those guys gets selected for England. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's top heavy, doesn't it? This squad, I think. Yeah. But anyway, we'll go into an optimism and we've got a great <laughs> record against Sale in, in recent times. Um, it's been a happy hunting ground. We, we did the double on them last season, didn't we? Um, and the away game was a, was a fantastic, fantastic result. So, um, no, I so, think yeah. we, we did um, lose the home game, but um, I love your I love your optimism, mate. Yeah, moving on to yeah, shut that out. <laughs> the first game of the season, which is as you say, away at Sale Saturday five o'clock. Um, away, Tom. Incredibly, twelve of our past last fourteen home uh, last fourteen first fixtures have been away. Twelve of our last fourteen. That that's remarkable. Um, obviously, lost the last three, two of them at Bristol. Um, prior to that, though, we had won eight of eight. Seven of those were away. Those stats. Thank you very much to hashtag Rugby Bath on Twitter. Um, but yeah, an extremely difficult first test uh, against, I think, one of the most fancied sides going into this season, second season under Sanderson. Yeah, it's it's it couldn't I mean, it couldn't I say it couldn't be tougher. It, it probably could, but I think in the context of some of the these these new guys coming in struggling at, at Cardiff Farms Park in the in the scrum, Sale probably you know Sanderson etc. will have will have looked at that and be be probably licking their lips. Um, you know, with their their South African contingent, um, who will they will they be available to play with? No, so um, no De Klerk, okay. no Diego, uh, Diego, Diego, and yeah, um, Diego, yeah, yeah, and obviously no Tom Curry. Or, no, Tom, no Tom Curry, and also presumably the brothers are playing in South no, Africa not, as well. They're not in the squad. No, they're no. Not. So the two South Africans that Sale have in the South African squad are Diego and De Klerk, and then obviously. Tom Curry was with the Lions, so similar to Watson, cannot feature for, for five weeks. And then, and yeah, then from Tom quickly at the, the Bath injury news and, and availability news. So as if the, the trip to Cardiff couldn't have got any worse, Big Joe went off in the first half with yeah. a, 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 a knee injury to the same knee that he injured and had to have surgery on and missed 16 months with in 2019. He's in a brace awaiting the news of a scan. So that, that, that doesn't sound good. Um, Rory McConaughey and Will Moore both missed the trip to Cardiff but are both in contention to be fit that would be huge having at least one of those back with with Joe and Watson obviously unavailable as we mentioned Watson unavailable for five weeks due to um, England rules of the players that went on the Lions tour Mm -hmm. Stuart is there or thereabouts as I mentioned at the start that would be huge 
Uh, Falatau in training, but probably not going to feature, obviously, himself recently away with the Lions. And McNally is the only one that we're not sure about. Obviously, as I said, didn't go to Cardiff and, and was injured with England. But apart from that, should be a, a fully available bar squad, Tom. So, so we'll get a good look at, at, at what Stuart Hooper and the coaches feel as though that their strongest team is going to be this season. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I think it's a, yeah, it, it, it's, it's clearly a massive test, but, um, and some key guys missing, but equally, you know, some of the spine of our team. So, um, uh, you know, Yules and Spencer and, and, you know, Cipriani playing, Tom McLamble at fullback, who was so good, good last season. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not all, all as well. Sorry? Don and Abano as well. Don Abano, yeah, exactly. So, um, it's a, yeah, I mean, I remember the away fixture last season at Sale, we were severely hampered, weren't we? Because um, that was one of the early games in the internationals. So it was a very inexperienced squad. And that was one of the games where I remember Josh Bayliss and Miles Reed were, uh, you know, kind of kamikaze twins. They were instrumental in that. So we've, we've been there and done it um, before. Uh, but yeah, Sale finished the season, obviously, you know, strongly in that, in that top four last, last year. So um, they're they're a very difficult outfit outfit to beat, um, but but yeah, as ever we go into it with our with with our with our with high hopes too. Yeah, we we have won our last two visits there, obviously that one, and then the the the, the COVID game, the, the the game during that COVID season. Um, yeah. But alternatively, we are the biggest underdog with the bookies uh, on on match day uh, one of the Premiership season, eight points underdog. So they're not giving us what do they know? What do they know? What do they know? Exactly. Surely we know more than the, the than them. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I really can't wait to to get the the, the season started. Uh, get get kind of watching Bath again. Um, and yet, yeah, it's a roller coaster, but but kind of I wouldn't change it for the world. And and really looking forward, Tom, to to season four of the podcast. It's it's great to be back. So good talking rugby with you. Um, we'll be back. Once again, every week throughout the season, as I mentioned, please get in touch with you, with us, with your thoughts on Bath Rugby every season. We'll try and include them in the podcast. Any suggestions with, with, with topics you want us to talk about, please do get in touch with us. Um, it's so great to be back. The Premiership is back. Um, I can't believe it. Uh, and, and to round it off, Tom is going to tell us by how many points Bath win on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to go, I'll go bath by two in a, in a nail biter. Um, late try, um, as we did in the last, in the final game of last season, Josh Bayliss with a late try to, to seal the deal against Sale on Saturday. There we go. Hopefully you stayed to the end for that fantastic. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. Uh, and as I always say, make sure on Saturday and throughout the season, whatever happens, you stick behind the boys through thick and thin. <laughs>